There's this paradox in philosophy called McTaggart's socks. And the basic idea for it is that if you have a pair of socks and you get a hole in them and then you patch them, they remain the same as socks. But if you keep getting holes and you keep getting patches in those socks, at what point do those socks become something else? Are they still the same socks you always had? Or, after you've patched them so many times with so much new material and nothing of the old material, can we truly say the socks we have now are the socks we had at the beginning? Bebop, come back! Come back, Bebop. Am I anything without my Bebop? It's, uh... It's tough to say these days. Okay, shake it off. Season finale. Woohoo! This is the Alien Adventures of Finn Caspian. My name is Jonathan Messenger. If you remember what happened in the last episode, the explorers were thinking about separating the bridge of the Marlow from the rest of the Marlow to trap Bunce there forever, but Bunce and the Guardian had captured Foggy, Elias, Vale, and Abigail in a laser net, and Finn had given up. So, how do they get out of this in the season finale of season four of the Alien Avengers of Finn Caspian? See you laser, alligator. Now, do you believe me that it's over? Yes, said Finn. (sighs) It's over. No one said anything for a moment, and Finn slumped against the library shelves. What? said Bunce. That's it? It's over? You're agreeing with me? Just like that? Come on! I was expecting a little fun! I got my big robot out. It has a laser net. It can even fire lasers. I mean, it's so cool. And do you know how long it took me to reprogram it to think that you're the enemy and you're just giving up? See, this is why I need to take command of the Marlowe. You don't have the stuff. You and your mother, you're too weak. Okay, that's enough, Bunce said Abigail, from inside the laser net. He said he gives up. You don't need to rub it in. Um, yes I do. This is my fun. You took away my battle fun, and now I get rub it in fun. Finn put his hands in the air to show that he had surrendered. Come on, Paige, Proto, Meg, hands up. Let's get this over with. He started walking toward Bunce. Your words don't matter to me, said Finn. You know, and we know, that this is the Marlowe 280. It is intergalactically famous as a peaceful vessel that has helped countless planets, and it will continue to do so, even if it means that you and I and all of my friends here don't get to see it fulfill its mission. Genevieve, start the countdown, please. Uh, did you just call me Genevieve? 
said Bunce. Are you delusional now? Genevieve, my name is Bunce. And Countdown, what are you even Alert. talking about? Alert. Countdown has begun. 15 minutes until separation. Alert. Alert. Countdown has begun. 15 minutes until separation. Genevieve, lock the bridge door, please. None of us are getting in there. Finn knew that Genevieve, on the bridge, could hear every word he was saying, and he trusted her to keep the crew safe. Oh, no, 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 said Bunce. You couldn't be so foolish. Do you know what you're doing? You've initiated the final separation of the bridge from the space station. Exactly, said Elias, still in the net. Oh, I'm sure that seems smart at the time to save your friends on the bridge, but without those main controls, we'll just float through space until we're out of food, out of water, out of air, whatever comes first. Exactly, said Vale. Well then, you've doomed yourselves along with me, haven't you? Exactly, said Finn. Stop saying exactly, 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 exactly. The problem here is that you all think you've outsmarted me again, but I have outsmarted you at every turn, and I will do the same right now. Excuse me, Finn. Voltronics appeared in the doorway. Voltronics, what are you doing here? said Finn. You should be aboard the bridge. And why do you only have one arm again? Voltronics lifted the arm in his good hand. That big robot guy over there knocked it off during our short battle. Who is that guy, anyhow? Fourteen minutes until separation. That's the Guardian of the Marlow, said Elias. It's the last line of defense for the space station. It's the Marlow's protector. That's ridiculous, said Voltronics. I am the Marlow's protector. You certainly are not, you rust bucket, said Bunce, turning the Guardian to face Voltronics. This is the finest robot the Marlow ever made. It's indestructible. No way. I am the finest robot the Marlow ever made, and I am indestructible. Well, except for my arms, which seem to fall off a lot. Voltronics, no, said Foggy. Don't do it. But this guy is saying he's the best. He's bragging like he's the number one robot. I'm Voltronic Zoo. That's my thing. Ooh, do you mean we're actually going to get the fight I was looking for? Said Bunce. 13 minutes until separation. Elias, said Abigail. I thought the Guardian couldn't attack something made on the Marlow. How did it knock Voltronics' arm off? Must have been a stray laser or something said Elias. But I guess we're about to find out. Voltronics looked the Guardian up and down. I have identified 34 and a half weaknesses in this nobody, and I will strike those weaknesses now. Voltronics shot off straight at the Guardian. The Guardian caught him in one hand and put him back on the floor. Okay, uh, 33 and a half weaknesses, said Voltronics. 11 minutes until separation. How about this one? 
Voltronics faked left, rolled right, and jumped like he was trying to slam dunk onto the Guardian, but it just caught Voltronics and placed him back on the ground again. Hmm, okay, I'm seeing maybe 31 and a quarter weaknesses? Voltronics studied the robot again. Paige, behind the Guardian, noticed something too. Hey, Finn, what's that? She pointed to a small slot in the back of the Guardian. It looks like a data port, said Finn. Almost like a a book port. Wait, do you think it could? Worth a shot, said Paige. Ten minutes until separation. Voltronics threw his arm to the right and dove to the opposite leg of the Guardian, but the enormous robot was too quick for him, catching the arm and then catching Voltronics. Oh, please, this is boring, said Bunce. Can't you just laser cannon him away? Bunce tapped at the Guardian's head, but nothing changed. Let's try this, yelled Paige, and she slid a book into the Guardian's book port. Downloading Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. Oh, I'm late, I'm late, said the Guardian, and it began running around the library, knocking over tables and shelves, Bunce holding on like he was riding a bull. The Guardian swung around and began galloping toward Finn. Whoa, yelled Finn. Meg picked up Paige, who had another book in her hand, and flew her up above the Guardian. Nine minutes to separation. Paige slid another book into the port. Downloading. Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. Potter! The Guardian pinched its fingers together like it held a wand and began firing lasers at Finn. Finn jumped and hid behind a bookshelf. Ooh, I like this book, said Bunce. Different book, yelled Finn. Paige threw another in the Guardian. Eight minutes to separation. Downloading the very hungry caterpillar. Oh no, said Finn. The guardian opened his giant jaws and began trying to eat everything in sight. It swallowed books and it swallowed chairs and it even bit the laser net that held Foggy, Abigail, Elias, and Vale, who all scrambled out before they were guardian snacks too. Page. Pick the right book, said Finn. I'm trying, said Paige, but I can't read. How am I supposed to know? Meg grabbed Paige and flew her up into the second level of the library to avoid being eaten by the Guardian. It's no use, said Bunce. You know, I never liked this whole system of taking relics from Earth, dead words on dead trees, and shoving them into a robot. Those books are meaningless. Whatever you try, this guardian will never see you as anything other than an enemy. Six minutes to separation. Oh, I know you just didn't call books meaningless, said Protofessor, awake and alert and, apparently, none too pleased with Bunce's words. The guardian swung around to the tiny robot, who slowly circled the giant. What are you doing, said Bunce. You called books meaningless. Protofessor said, and he went to the Guardian's side and unlatched a panel, revealing a data port. Stop that, said Bunce. Stop that right now. Five minutes 
But the Guardian didn't view Proto, the original Marlowe robot, as a threat, and Proto connected to the Guardian. Downloading 3,455 books. Would you like to cancel? Proto pushed a button. Proceeding with downloading 3,455 books. No, said Bunce. Stop that immediately. Stop it. Bunce hopped down from the Guardian. He grabbed Protofessor to pull him away from the giant, but the Guardian wouldn't let any harm come to Proto, so he picked up Bunce and placed him down on the other side. Bunce, fuming, dashed at Proto again, and the Guardian again picked him up and put him on the other side. Four minutes to separation. Stop this at once, said Bunce. They are your enemies. Currently reading 3,455 books, said the Guardian whose programming was now becoming overloaded. Everyone took a step back as the robot began laughing and then yelling in fear and then crying. He's reading them all at the same time, said Paige. Three minutes to separation. All families, it was the best of... Both the Guardian and Proto powered down, overwhelmed by the exchange. Proto, yelled Paige. What? What have you done? said Bunce. Wow, said Vale. It looks like Proto... Proto-eyes the Guardian. Oh, no, you've destroyed the heart of the Marlowe! You fools! No, said Finn. You tried to destroy the heart of the Marlowe, but we stopped you. Foggy? Foggy grabbed a small device off the floor and flew over. Hook, line, and stinker said Foggy, and he pressed a button on the device, and the laser net swooped down over Bunce. Two minutes to separation. All right, Genevieve, you can stop it now, said Finn. We've got Bunce, so there's no need to separate the bridge anymore. Ten-four, said Genevieve. Stopping sequence. Page, said Finn as Meg flew his little sister back down to the first floor. You did it! I mean, we all worked as a team, but you're the one who saved the Marlowe. I know, said Paige, but I'm not putting any more books into robots until I learn to read. The friends all began walking toward the bridge. One minute to separation. Uh, Genevieve, yelled Abigail. You can stop at any time now. Guys, we have a serious problem, said Genevieve. Finn and the kids ran onto the bridge. Look, said Genevieve. 30 seconds to separation. She pointed at the captain's console, where a large number pad was blinking. This, it, it just appeared here. I think to stop the separation, we need to enter some code. But every code I've tried hasn't worked. 15 seconds to separation. Elias, any ideas? said Finn. Don't look at me, said Elias. Ten seconds to separation. If we don't figure this out, the Marlowe is going to be gone, and who knows, we may not even be able to find our parents again, said Vale. Come on, Finn. Five seconds to separation. Five, four, three, two, one.
I am here with my son and editor, the great Griffin Messenger. Can you say hi to everybody, Griff? Hi, hi. Hello. <laughs> hey, Griff. So, tell me, what did you think of that episode? Awesome and amazing and five million times five million times ten million. <laughs> okay. All right. I think that means you liked it. Yep. All right. So, uh, you but you did have a question for me. What was that question you wanted to ask me? How did Olivia and Olivia know about bunts? That's a very good question. How did Olivia and Olivia know about bunts? Do you have any guesses? Uh, no. My feeling is that Olivia and Olivia were so thankful to the Marlowe and considered the Marlowe friends. Because you got to remember, not only did the Marlowe save their parents on Saffrite, but Olivia and Olivia actually lived on the Marlowe for a while with all those kids and became friends with them, right? Right. So I think that they were probably watching the Marlowe and seeing what was happening and wanted to stay in touch with them and then saw that Bunce had taken over and they were ready to help out. <laughs> and, oh, I should say, thing I, you know what I forgot to say? We need your help. We have a, a riddle, a puzzle at the end of the episode. We can't even start season five until you solve the puzzle. What is the number sequence they're going to punch into that keypad in order to keep the bridge from separating from the rest of the Marlowe. Do you have any sense, Griff? I have an idea, though. I'm not sure if it's really going to come in handy. What, what is your idea? Okay, Griffin just whispered his idea into my ear, and I'm not going to say what it is, so there's no spoilers. But if you think you know what the code may be, what I need you to do is email earthafincaspian.com and in the subject line, I want you to write finale puzzle. And then in your email, tell me what you think they need to punch into the keypad, okay? I'm sorry to be such a stickler about it, but uh, it's really hard to track a lot of the emails come in if they don't say the subject line finale puzzle. That way I can catch them all. And then hopefully somebody will get it right and we'll be able to start the next season, right? Right. Or else we can start the, I guess we could start the next season and then the Marlowe just poof, falls apart. <laughs> be, a very, be a very short season. Yeah. <laughs> so we really need your help so that we can do season five. I will say we're going to take a couple of weeks break and then I'm hoping Bebop, Bebop, wherever you are. Hopefully Bebop is supposed to start his Bebop tales. Hopefully. If he ever comes back, which I'm pretty sure he will, because ninjas have to show themselves sometimes. Yeah, right. So a couple of weeks off, and then Bebop is back with Bebop Tales. We sure hope. All right. So that's our schedule. All right. Any other thoughts or questions that you have? Um, I don't think so. Let's do some art, okay? Okay. All right. Here we go. All right, I want to say thank you to Elizabeth, who's 11, from Los Angeles, California. Thank you, Elizabeth, for all of your thoughts and your email. It was really great read. Renata from Perth, Australia. Cyrus from Haydenville, Massachusetts. Five-year-olds Oliver and Sammy from Piedmont, California. Ten-year-old Ryan from Denton, Texas. Matthew from Flower Mound, Texas. Griffin from Seattle, Washington. Finley, who's six, from Chicago. Alex, who's five, from New Zealand. Caleb, who's seven, from Minneapolis, Minnesota, our pal Toby, Walker, who's seven, from Sherman Oaks, California, happy belated birthday, Walker, Milo, who's six and three quarters, and Scout, 
who's four and one quarter from San Francisco, California, Olivia, who's eight from Boston, Massachusetts, Joseph from Omaha, Nebraska, Kara, who's seven, and Meredith, who's five from Corvallis, Oregon, and Caitlin, who's nine. <laughs> All right. Now, Caitlin sent in an art and a joke. And the joke is, what do you call famous aliens? The answer is stars, which I like a lot. But she also sent this picture that said what Bebop would look like as a human. And it's it's really great. It says strong and handsome, lots of muscles. And uh, we'll put that up on the post for this episode. And I don't really know what to make of this. I don't know who this guy is. I think he might be an actor or something, but Caitlin, I'm sure Bebop is very flattered. And when he comes back, I'm sure he will either eat it up or hang it above his bed. All right. And thank you so much to everybody for sending in their art. And now it is jokes. Jokes. All right. Our jokes today come from the brother sister duo of Asher and Abby from Seattle, Washington. Hi, my name's Asher. And I'm five, and I'm from Seattle, Washington, and here's my joke. What is John Messingham's favorite kind of meat? Ham. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. I don't know who this John Messingham guy is, but I like your joke, Asher. All right, Abby, take it away. My name is Abby. I am from Seattle, Washington, I am seven years old, and here's my joke. What does Pirate Bebop say when he is hungry? I want some art. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Thank you so much, Abby and Asher. All right. Thank you, everybody, for all those awesome jokes. And as I said, Character Club, we'll be doing special Character Club episodes to uh, feature some of the really awesome ideas that our listeners have sent in. Uh, Anything else you want to say to our listeners, Griff? Thank you for listening. That's right. Thank you so much for listening. This is the end of our fourth season. We've now done over 100 episodes. I think we're maybe at something like, I mean, we're well over a full day of shows at this point, well over 24 hours of shows. I think we're over a week of shows. (laughs) I don't know about that, but we have a lot. And... And I know that a lot of people, a lot of you have been with us since the beginning, and a lot of you just found us and have been binging the episodes. And we want to say thank you to all of you so, so much for making this show so much fun to make, right? Right. And right. I am never sure if it's even going to end. Yeah. Who knows? Who Will it ever end? <laughs> I don't know. And uh, I really hope you have a fun rest of your summer. If you're in our hemisphere, if you're in the other hemisphere, enjoy your winter, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anything else, Griff? Uh, no. All right, then what do we say? Oh, wait. One more thing. Here's a, I'm making up a new robot for Character Club that is going to be even tougher than the Guardian. So if you thought the Guardian was hard, this thing is going to be harder. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Good to know. Good to know. All right, everybody. Thank you all so much again for listening. Bye, bye, bye. Bye, 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 everybody. seasons thank you all so much for everything you've done for the show for listening sending in emails telling friends about it coming to our live shows 
everything. It means so much to us, and it's been so fun. And now you can enjoy the rest of your summer with Bebop while I go swimming a lot. <laughs> or I don't know. I, I don't know what I'm going to do. But please remember, we need your help for Season 5. If you can figure out what the code is, what numbers need to be punched into that number pad, that could be super helpful so the Marlow doesn't blow up when we go back to the next season. Just email earth at fincasping.com, subject line, finale puzzle. All right. The Alien Adventures of Fincasping is a Gen Z Kids production, written and produced by Jonathan Messenger, edited and guided by Griffin Messenger, with special thanks to Maria Villanueva. Emerson Messenger is our intern. Our art is by Sir Ian Dingman. And the music you hear at the beginning and end of every show is by Mark Greenberg, recently voted the nicest human in the multiverse. For more information about the show, go to fincasping.com or check out the show notes. If you're looking for more shows while we're off season, go to bestrobotever.com. You can see all the shows from Gen Z Media right there and subscribe in your favorite app. All right, thanks, everybody. Please do enjoy the rest of your summer, and we will see you very soon. Bebop Tales is back, baby. See you in two weeks. Hey, parents and teachers. Have you heard about gzmclassroom.com? It's a website where teachers can get companion resources for everyone's favorite GZM shows. Six Minutes, Mars Patel, Podcast Title Pending, Seis Minutos, The Res, Becoming Mother Nature, Iowa Chapman and the Last Dog, Treasure Island 2020, The Hollow, Young Ben Franklin, and The Big Fib all have companion resources for additional critical thinking, listening comprehension, and ultimately creativity. We made them just for you. And oh yeah, they're free. Free! The people on Facebook didn't believe us, but they are F-R-E-E free. Head to gzmclassroom.com and get yours today.